Welcome to the Contracting Handbook Podcast, a podcast for how to run a small contracting company. Whether you're a general contractor like me or a trade contractor, starting fresh or been in business for years, here's all the stuff you never knew you'd have to know before you started your contracting business with a man who's seen it all, your host, Mike Kinoki. That's me. Hey everybody, I'm back, and today I have a very special guest. Uh, I'd like to introduce architect, remodeling consultant for clients, and best-selling author of the Remodel Without Going Bonkers or Broke series. It's Jim Monelli. Jim, thanks so much for being here. Uh, thanks for having me, Mike. Uh, so, so Jim, uh, we. Jim and I have a previous uh, prior relationship. We've been talking about some stuff uh, regarding remodels and, and, and how it's all done. And uh, so could you tell us a bit about your background um, and kind of how you got into consulting? Sure. Uh, I always wanted to be an architect. And so I went away to college and uh, uh, got a couple degrees, came out as a, with a master of architecture and went to work in the Baltimore area as a young architect and, uh, worked for, I don't know, six, seven years, uh, got a license, and uh, then actually went back to do a PhD. Um, I wasn't sure if I'd keep doing architecture or if I would teach architecture or, or both. Uh, got the PhD and came back out into the real world. And instead of going into an architect's office again, um, I had recognized a need that I wasn't very good at estimating and designing to a budget. Uh, so I went to work the second time around after the PhD in a design build remodeling outfit. And I did all their design work and they taught me to estimate remodeling. And as a result, I became a better architect because I could work with clients to a budget and be much more accurate. And of course they began to meet the needs of their clients better and better by providing designs that hit a budget and being able to talk about budget with clients. So that's how I got into remodeling. I didn't realize that I would fall in love with it. And I never went back to just being a straight architect again. Uh, I've been in remodeling for about 24 years until a couple of years ago uh, when I finally realized, hey, um, not only are you getting a little bit older, but you're, you've got a lot of great information. And uh, I had been teaching uh, at the local community college to help homeowners prepare to remodel. And I thought if I could package that information that I had in that course uh, into a book, it could reach a much wider audience. And, and so that's where it really began was the idea that I had a good set of information that could help a homeowner go from zero to ready to meet their contractor. And uh, that's where the idea for the book came from. Uh, and and uh, now there's not only the one about uh, remodel without going bonkers or broke, but a specialized one on kitchens also. And I have uh, read both those books and uh, I found them to be super honest and helpful. Uh, I, and as a builder who, who struggled to start his business and run it, I wish I had had your book at my disposal 10, 15 years ago. 
and and for those of you out there listening, the book is not is not written for contractors. It's written for the clients. It's written for the people that are coming to you, really. But it can be a blueprint. It can be a reference point for you as to what to expect and how that how that client contractor interaction has. From my perspective, that's that I could see it being very useful uh, to a contractor. So, so Jim. Um, can you tell me a little bit more about, we're going to step away from the book again for, for, or, uh, for just a minute. Uh, can you tell me about estimating time in, ter in terms of what your issues were there? Because I, I just had a podcast about estimating time and how I do it from my jobs. And it is very challenging. And I've also found a discrepancy between what an architect that I've worked with thinks is going to take how long it's going to take and how long I think it's going to take. And so can you elaborate on issues you've had? And, and maybe this will shed some light on, you know, on this subject for everybody, because it's so important. Sure. Um, well, not to, not to totally besmirch the, the uh, reputation of all architects, but as an architect, uh, I can tell you that we are notoriously bad estimators. Uh, we're really much more guesstimators. Uh, even though we have many years of uh, experience in designing something and seeing what price comes back from the builder with regard to it, uh, being able to put it together from scratch is not something architects are taught. And as a result, their, their estimates are usually uh, 20 to 50% too high, or excuse me, too low. So the client ends up getting this, this estimate from a contractor that is considerably above their budget. And that's where many projects break down. And of course, they're mad at the contractor. They don't realize that the architect led them astray. Now, that said, not all architects are, are terrible, uh, but they're not contract estimators. And when I learned to estimate in the design build world uh, of remodeling, I used uh, spreadsheets that gave me um, either itemized costs or line item costs or, or linear foot, square foot uh, or, or uh, uh, activity based pricing. And it allowed me to get very, very close uh, so that when I sat with a, a client and they said, we have $60,000 to do this, that, and the other thing, I would say, well, the reality is that's going to cost you more like 75 or 80. Are you prepared to go to 75 or 80? Or should we adjust your expectations and the scope of work to match the budget that you have? And, and that led to much more productive designs and much more productive discussions. But as a rule, again, architects are going to misestimate. They're going to miss... Uh, unrealistically low. And as a contractor, your price is going to shock people being quote unquote high usually. Yeah. And is that, is that because there's a disconnect with all the processes that, you know, uh, they're not taking into account all the little things that need to happen in between, uh, say, you know, between the plumbing rough in and the electrician, there might need to be some other work done. Framer has to come back. you know, is that, I mean, I'm just trying to pin down why that, why that disconnect happens. Well, the first disconnect is that when, when we come out of school, 
uh, and go into practice, architects are never taught to estimate to begin with. If they have a course, it's a one or two hour course uh, buried in the third or fourth year of school and quickly forgotten, uh, probably never mastered. And it would be taught by somebody who's not an active estimator and it was just a generic idea of a course. The reality of how we get prices is we hand them off to people and say, could you take a look at this and give me an idea where you think it'll fall? And we get guesstimates or we we do square footage takeoffs, which are notoriously bad because they're great for new homes, but they're they're awful for remodeling and additions. Um, so architects are never taught to remodel. Those who have experience and have hung around and, and learned a little bit over time, they fall into the traps you mentioned. They also fall into the trap of not staying current. Uh, as you know, uh, things in construction can change in a matter of months, not in a matter of years. And I was constantly in touch with the production side of the design build company who would come back and say, your last two estimates on painting were low or your last two estimates on electric were low. And I would look into why and where those differences came in and make quick adjustments so that the company never fell behind and lost money on my estimates. Well, most architects who are just doing design work for clients and handing that off to contractors, uh, they're not that in touch. And so they're always behind the curve on price increases, even if they're somewhat savvy at estimating. I, I definitely uh, think that estimating time is super challenging. Uh, well, not, not as much anymore, but I, that, that is a place where as, as contractors, we, we can lose a lot of money really quickly. No and question. That, and uh, so what's your process moving to the consulting aspect of, of your life now? What is your process with your clients? Like they call you, they came to you specifically. Uh, and let's just say it's a kitchen remodel since your most recent book is about kitchen remodels specifically. Sure. Um, he, here's the, the reason that I'm going to give the answer I give. If there were five homes in a neighborhood that were all done from the same essential model at the same essential time and now belong to five different families, and they all wanted to remodel their kitchen at, at about the same period in time, they would all end up with a very, very different result. And the reason is because their family size is different. Their economics are different. Their needs of what they need the kitchen to be are different. Um, and people are unaware of that. So when they're looking for a contractor or an architect, they ask their friends and neighbors, who did you use? Who, did, who, do, who would you recommend? Or they ask strangers on Facebook this question. And they get misled or they, they think they need to find somebody who was successful at that project for a friend, a neighbor, or in the past. But what they have to start at, and what I finally came to with my clients is where they have to start is what do you need? What is going to make your life better in that room? And in this case, a kitchen. What does your kitchen have to do to make you happy for the next 5, 10, 15 years? And if you can begin to put that into words, then somebody can help you design it and construct it. But until you understand what it is you really need for it to do, 
you can't get a totally successful project. The best you get is something passable that a high quality contractor uh, does based on their experience with other people. But you're getting a, essentially a solution designed by someone else from someone else's wish list. You have to be able to identify, I need it to do this, 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 to contain that and that. And then the second step for my clients is, okay, so now you know what you'd like to accomplish. What are you willing to pay for that? And I know that they know nothing about budgeting and I know they know nothing about costs, project costs, but still there's a reality that says they have a certain amount of money that they can and will spend. And the question is, can they accomplish their wish list, their need list from the pool of money that they call a budget? And so that's my two steps. What do you need and how can we get that uh, elaborated and, and, and described in a concrete way that you can hand it off to people to help you with? And what are you willing to pay to accomplish that? That's essential information for my client to know before they ever pick up the phone to talk to the contractor. Yeah, that, that, that's really important. Um for the client to understand their budget, because I, uh, for instance, today I heard a story about a design process going on with an architect where the client is about $20,000 into this and the design, there's things in the design that they didn't realize were there. And the, the budget isn't, wasn't really discussed, but the project cost is way, way higher than the client ever expected. And so now they've got $20,000 in no drawing that they don't, they might not even execute. And so this is a situation we certainly want to avoid uh, because, well, someone, does, you know, you don't want to spend that money. And then the, the architect doesn't want to be having a reputation for creating something that cannot be built. Well, that's unfortunately a, a significant portion of the work architects do never sees the light of day. I would say that uh, the most successful architects, uh, residential or otherwise, are probably putting out um, two or three designs out of five that get built because the others have to be so radically modified to fit the budget that they don't end up satisfying the need when they're modified or that the client can't afford to forge ahead and redo it. So they try another thing altogether. Yeah. And I'm just the, you know, I'm the middleman in, in those situations and, and I'm often the bearer of bad news because the architect <laughs> said it was going to be one thing. And I'm, I said, no, no, it's going to be a lot more than that. And I, I don't understand where that disconnect comes in, but uh, it's definitely hard on the clients to spend that money and then not be able to have this dream. But I don't understand how that hap how it happens to begin with how these, because you, if you don't, if you set a budget right away, as you're saying, then, and then you fill in based on that, you, you work backwards from your, from your, from your high number and your contingency funds. Yeah, well, I in my books, I also explain before you go to a designer or an architect for a kitchen or a, a, an addition or, or whatever the project is, 
uh, you still have to have that same information, even if you're going to a professional before you go to your contractor. And, and the reason is exactly what you're discussing. Um, nobody can help you with your project unless you know what you want to accomplish and what you're willing to spend. And if you go to a professional and say, this is what I want to accomplish, and this is how much I have to spend, and then they don't live up to it, you may or may not have a remedy, but at least you've done it the right way. But if you go in not knowing anything about what the cost may be and not knowing what you're willing to spend, where that limit is, uh, and you don't give that information to somebody, how the heck can they possibly help you? Uh, and I know that as an architect, we're, we're wowing people a lot of times. They see something that they didn't realize they could even have, and they're thrilled by that. And then you say, you know, in addition, you might be able to do this or you might be able to do that. And they go, oh, that sounds great. Could you put that in? And you do two or three of those and the project just changed by $20,000. Uh, so um, people lose track of that uh, sort of a mental budget very quickly uh, if they don't really get down to brass tacks early on and, and set limits. And I think this, this conversation is so valuable for for contractors to be hearing too, because, you know, I really want my clients to come that come to me now that I want them to have a plan or, or some really good ideas of what, what they want for finishes, especially, um, but how they want the space to be, because we can set budgets quick, more quickly, we can really get to the to the meat of the product, much more quickly. And I'll give you a perfect example. I, I met somebody two weeks ago that, that brought me in and they want to do a sunroom. Okay, there you go. I want to do a sunroom. How much do you want to pay? I don't know what they cost. That's the whole, that's the amount of information that they gave me. So we spent 30 minutes sitting at the kitchen table and talking and said, um, what are you going to do in this room? Oh, well, we're going to eat. Well, it are you really going to eat? Because then we have to put a table in there and you've got a dining room table and a kitchen table uh, less than 30 feet away from this location. Do you need a table? No, well, we're not gonna eat at a table. Okay, how are you going to eat? He, and, and they said, well, we're gonna eat on plates or TV tables or, so it's gonna be comfy furniture. Yes, okay, so we're going to sit and talk in this room, yes. Okay, and we wanna look out the windows, yes. Are we gonna watch TV? No. Uh, okay, now the room's starting to take shape. And I say, if you'll just tell me how many people will be in this room talking and sitting, I can arrange some furniture and I know how big it will be now. And I know it can be all glass because we don't have a television in there, et cetera, et cetera. So in order to, to answer their question, what do I need? How big will it be? What will it cost? I had to get at what is it first and how are you going to use it? And it came back around and then we could talk about how many dollars they were willing to put into it. Because if that room is a standalone sunroom with heating and cooling, and it's got five sides to the, to the, uh, the, the air and, and the world, uh, it's, it's really going to be a burden on the HVAC system. Uh, and so, you know, it, it led to that whole discussion. Uh, that's what needs to be done. And a client needs to be educated and talked to in a very informed fashion from the beginning uh, and frankly, when I was in design, build, remodeling too, um, you have to shock people up front with costs. You have to get the discussion about money on the table and out of the way on the very first meeting and very early in the meeting, because if you don't, 
um, then they will hold you responsible for it. The minute you explain how expensive this stuff is and that you want to give them the very best project at the very fairest, best price you can, uh, and you've got to work together to do it, then they become a teammate instead of an adversary over money. And, and money can be a non-issue, really. It's about value now. If I do it this way, it costs this much. If I do it that way, it costs that much. Which one is better for the budget and which one allows me to accomplish more? That's a much better client to have than somebody who is afraid of the hammer when they see the final price. Absolutely. So when you're done with a planning with a client, well, let's go back to that the numbers there for a second. I agree. They need to know that it's going to be more expensive than they thought right away. They need to know that, that there's big numbers involved with remodels because if you wait to tell them there's been expectations built up and they had their mental budget in mind, right? Cause they come in with it. They come in with some idea usually, but if you don't correct that right away, it's almost, you know, it can almost work in the same sense as like when you ballpark and then you're held to that number later on. You really need to uh, talk about budgets right away. And I, and I really, absolutely. And, and the internet and television are working against you. No doubt. Because what they see on the internet as, as a rule uh, are prices at about a third of what reality is and what they see on television is subsidized by the TV production company and the major sponsors and the, and the, and the material suppliers. Uh, so they don't get realistic budgets from the TV shows either. And that's the education that your consumer has. That's what your homeowner has in their head. So they're thinking I can do a major kitchen remodel for $35,000 when the reality is it starts at 60 and goes up. Yeah. You can do a minor kitchen remodel for $35,000 somewhere. Yeah. A coat, um, of, a coat of paint and, a, and new countertops. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah and I, you know, I, as a Facebook, I don't really, I don't really use it as much anymore for business, but uh, you know, I'd get messages from people and friends all the time with some meme that says, you know, build this tiny house for $2,000. And they'd be like, can you do this? And I'm like, <laughs> you got to be kidding. Yeah. You know, you know, just the, yeah, the internet and HGTV have really done some, they've really brainwashed people in a, in a, in a way that's not helpful. But that's why it's important to take control of that factor at the first meeting with every client and uh, give them a reality check. And in my case, it's a little easier because I'm not, I'm not the guy who's ready to build it for them yet. I'm up front. We haven't even come up with the, the look and the style and the size. But what I do is I send my clients to uh, the cost versus value report um, that's done for the remodeling industry, for the contractor, by contractors and realtors and estimators. Uh, and that gives them a more realistic idea of some of the, the 20 or 25 uh, most prevalent projects. And I don't know whether it's being published by uh, Taunton in, in um, uh, what's uh, Home Builders Journal? What's, what's their current Fine building? Home building? Fine. Fine Home Building. I don't Fine know if building. it's in there or if it's still in Remodeling Magazine or if it's just online, but every year they update this. They've been doing it for dozens of years. 
And it's a great way for your, your client to get a reality check if they don't believe you uh, word for word. So you just send them the link or tell them to Google cost versus value report in the year. They can go get it for free and they can find out that kitchen remodels come in cosmetic only low low rent versions. They come in uh, a modest version, which starts in the mid fifties. And then they come in at a high end version, which starts in the nineties, you know, and, and, and it describes exactly what the job is and what the size is and what's included and what isn't so that they get a feel for that, but it'll back you up and uh, it's done with real data. So yeah, that's, that's the best source I know to give a reality check to the, the customer, the consumer. And when you are done with this, uh, you know, initial plan with them where you've, where you've coached them to, to fit stuff within their budget. Now, do they go to a contractor with what you've produced? Like, because you haven't, you've, you've got some budgeting ideas, but they haven't, have they chosen finishes yet? Or, or are they going to do that with their contractor? Or are you going to walk them through the whole, the whole process? Well, if, if I'm doing it live and in person with a client as an architect, it's a whole different issue than if it's a reader of my book. If it's a reader of the book, obviously, I'm not there in person and mm -hmm. I can't take them step by step. So I give them the, the steps to take and they have to meet with people or do some shopping to begin to fill in some of the blanks. But I tell them how to do that. And I tell them if they find a reputable contractor, uh, who works in the style of project they're going to do and in the type of budget that their project is likely to cost. For instance, uh, if you do uh, 30, 40, 50% of your projects include uh, mid-range kitchens, you know, 50, 60, $70,000 kitchens, uh, and you do four or five of those a year, um, you're, you're obviously somebody who's gonna know the ins and outs of kitchens. If you do lots of master bathrooms, because you're doing additions or remodels of master baths. Uh, you're somebody that can help them with that. But what I try to get them to avoid is mismatching with their contractor, either going to somebody who does additions when they need a hallway bathroom or going to somebody who does basements and decks when they're, when they're wanting a two-story addition. The, the disconnect between the contractor type and their typical project and what the client is asking for is, is, is going to be you know, the problem. So assuming that they've found somebody who's credible and that does the kind of project they want, that contractor is going to have the necessary contacts in cabinetry, flooring, uh, uh, countertops, uh, tile, paint. So the choices really become pretty easy. The thing that the customer has to bring to the table are the finished elements, more like the light fixtures, picking the plumbing fixtures, uh, picking the paint colors, picking the floor type and color. And, and those choices really are not hypercritical upfront. You can use allowances on those and then give them deadlines to make those choices. And uh, that, that should solve things. And that really resonated with me uh, when I read your book that to try and match up with the right contractor, because from my, from my perspective, uh, once I was pretty established and had employees. I really wanted to specialize because I really saw the benefit of having the guys do some repetitive things, kitchens, 
bathrooms, whatever, you know, and it shifts, it shifts by year sometimes because, you know, some years it's just, it's what's coming your way. And if you have the ability to choose your jobs, choose, choose similar things. So you're, you know, you're pushing everybody in the right direction. Well, everybody out there has a sweet spot. I mean, there's, there's a project size and a project type that they make the best money at, have the most fun at, it's the most profitable, it's, it becomes what they love to do. And it doesn't matter whether it's uh, master bathrooms and, 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 and you know, nice upscale baths, or whether it's kitchens, or whether it's additions, or whether it's whole home remodels. It's, it's that thing. And, you know, when I was in business, we found that, that we had two sweet spots, about $60,000, $65,000. If a project fell in that price range, man, we'd, we'd kill it. Uh, and then we, we did really great at the two hundred to $300,000 whole home remodels. Um, and if we could get just those, we would have kicked ass you know, but like you say, sometimes you have to take other things. Sometimes people come back to you and they, they beg you, oh, please take this. I know this isn't what you do for a living, but we need this. Come and do it. And, that, and that's OK. Um, that's that's part of what you do. You you go with that. And but specialization is is there. And, and unbeknownst to the consumer, every contractor out there has that sweet spot. They may not even be aware of it. Some of them are too young to have have found the thing or things that they're the very best at. And if you look at advertising or, or marketing materials from your, your contractors, uh, everybody wants to kind of portray that they do everything and they do it really well. You know, we specialize in decks, kitchens, basements, bathrooms, roofing, siding, windows. And, and of course, it's not true. And I shout that from the rooftop. Uh, so matching up a, a client, a budget, a need, with the right contractor eliminates probably 75% of the, the problems that, that exist in remodeling uh, for, from the consumer side. And so are you, are you still consulting or are you, are you strictly writing now in terms of? No, I, I um, did the kitchen book uh, came out in December and I did, um, uh, the second edition of uh, Remodel Without Going Bonkers or Broke, the main book uh, in January. Um, and I've just been uh, working one-on-one -on -one with a few clients, uh, people that reach out to me, but uh, I built a couple of quick classes that I put on my website uh, to answer the basic three questions people have. Um, how do I find the right contractor? Uh, how do I negotiate with my contractor? And uh, I forget the third one off the top of my head. How do I find them? How do I, uh, how do I interview them? And how do I negotiate with them? And along with each one of those three short one-hour classes, uh, I give a how to get prepared. Because as we've been talking about, uh, if, if a consumer goes to a contractor without having thought about what do I need and what will I spend, then they're you know, they're misguided Yeah, they, they could end up in trouble. So yeah, those, yeah. that's what I'm doing. Just those courses. Um, no new books are on the, on the forecast. And can you remind everybody what your website is? Jim Molinelli.com or uh, remodelingprofessor.com. And uh, both those books, uh, the, the remodel without going bonkers or broke are on Amazon. Yes, they are. 
Uh, Mike, uh, you know, we spent some time, I guess, uh, in uh, part of last year uh, on your book. What's the status of that? Uh, it is in manuscript form. Um, and I have to get back to some edits. It's a busy time of year. So I'm finishing up some, some construction projects and I'm hoping to, uh, do final edits and, and, and publish the book this fall. Nice. Looking forward and to it. Thanks. And, and for you guys out there, uh, I, the, the podcast was kind of born out of the book. I've been working on a book because I always, I've read every book tangentially related to this topic of running a construction business and never found anything that I really was 100% written for me. I, I just grabbed bits and pieces out of other books and uh, kind of how, how I ran in the gym was, is I, I have a friend, uh, Pete Genzer, who works at a, at a uh, particle collision facility where he's the communications director but he's a writer and I know him from college and he, I sent him my original manuscript and he was like, Oh man, do I, do I really have to read this? Like, I don't, I'm not interested in, in this at all. This, no. Like, I, I, I'm like, I don't want to do this tonight. And I'm like, no, Pete, you have to, you're the only person I know who knows, you know, who can, who can do this. And he's like, Oh man. Okay. So, so Pete got through a little bit of it and definitely gave me some feedback on flow and, he said, you got to find someone else. And I, I had read uh, uh, Remodel Without Going Bonkers or Broke as I was doing some research on if this book that I was writing had already been written. And so I, uh, I reached out to Jim, who responded right away. I was very grateful because he's a best-selling author there. And and. I asked him to read my manuscript in its current form and, uh, and he did, and he gave me some awesome feedback. And so Jim, what do you, what do you, what do you, uh, what do you think about what you have seen so far, as far as, you know, someone trying to get their small contractor business going? When I, uh, read your manuscript, uh, the, the most recent version was just, uh, dead on, uh, the best thing that I've read that could help a contractor, you were tight and organized about how to go from being on your own to starting to work with other people in a, in a bigger capacity so that you could grow a small company. And the things you covered that impressed me were talking about the size of the company, you know, what it would have to be before you grow into a large uh, midsize or large company. And, and then it was great that you had so many uh, checklists and how to's so that somebody who was going from sole proprietor to a small to midsize remodeling company had the experience uh, on their side they could do processes, they could do checklists, they could prepare themselves. And, and I think that from where you started to where the last manuscript was, was just remarkable. I, I do believe it will help a great many people. And if they take heed, we'll have a, a far fewer 
Harry with a hammer and, and pickup truck Pete's out there. We'll have some, some solid guys. Hey, well, uh, I really, I really appreciate that, Jim. That's a, uh, I appreciate your kind words and I really appreciate you looking at the manuscript and, um, the putting the time in for me and, and my friend Pete really appreciates it too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, cause I also made him listen to the podcast and he said it was really painful cause he doesn't care about yeah. construction. <laughs> so, um, well, thank you. I, I, that's, that's great. I, I appreciate having your endorsement on that too. And, um, I'm really looking forward to putting it out there and this fall. So, um, and, and what else would you like to tell us about you and your book and where people can find you? And, uh, cause I, I also want to say that if you haven't read remodel without going bonkers or broke and you're a contractor, it is definitely worth your while because if you've got clients that are unprepared, you can take, you can tell them to buy it, but you can also organize your thoughts using this book. You can, you can think of this because when I read it, I said, yes, this is, this is what I, this is what I want my clients to have known before I talk to them or when I start talking to them, it's structured, it's really structured nicely for that. So go ahead, Jim. Yeah. The, um, the, the fun of it is that uh, for the homeowner, they'll go from knowing nothing to knowing a great deal and being prepared to work with the next person, whether that's the designer or the remodeler directly. And they'll have their ducks in a row. And so you're right. From the point of view of the contractor, you want somebody that has that. And if you get somebody who's unprepared, you can send them back to the sections in the book that will help them get prepared. And the things that I reveal about the insider uh, really are helpful to most professional remodelers. The idea that there is a markup and it is a reasonable sized markup and that there's a profit margin. Um, those things have to be known by the customer. It's all part of familiarizing them and desensitizing them to the money aspect. Um, if they understand that they're working with a great guy who has their best interest at heart, to give them a great project at a fair price and make some money doing it than your teammates. And that's what the book's about. And that's what the processes are about is to get the client, the homeowner and the, and the best remodeler available partnered as a teammate. And uh, so, yeah, the, the going uh, remodel without going bonkers or broke and remodel your kitchen without going bonkers or broke are available, as you said, on Amazon uh, people can go to my website and buy signed copies um, uh, at remodelingprofessor.com. Uh, but uh, those are the two big ones. The, the three quick classes I have, as I mentioned, they're on the website also. But uh, um, whatever, whatever floats the boat, if, if, a, uh, if a contractor can, can get benefit of this uh, by helping their client to, to organize their thoughts, and streamline the process, then that that's fantastic. I know it helps realtors because they run into people that want to fix things all the time and, and realtors don't have a clue either. Uh, you know, so yes, it can work from the design side for architects. It works from the client side and it certainly can work from the contractor side. So I appreciate your endorsement to your fans. Well, Jim, thank you so much for taking time out of your day 
uh, for me again. Happy to help, Mike. Yeah. Um, and you have a great weekend. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Take care. And yeah, it's true. You guys, I wrote a book and it's going to be probably out this fall, a bit out yet due to publishing, uh, editing and some other details that need to be worked out. It'll be in paperback and an ebook for sure. And on audible eventually. But if you want to know more, I'm going to have a early special offer. And if you want to get on that list, please contact me at info at the and let me know you want to be on the list and I'll let you know all about the book and when it's going to come out and when you can get it at a very special price. All right. Thank you. Thanks a lot. Take care. Thanks for listening today. Go ahead and email me if you want to be on the show or want to tell me what you like or don't like about it at my email, info at thecontractinghandbook.com. And this is where I say, if you have not subscribed, please subscribe wherever you source your podcast. Thanks again. Talk to you soon. Later.